Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the seventh episode of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo. Alongside me, I have John Michael Masiri. How you doing today? Doing good. A little tired, but yeah, we're good. So am I. Yeah. Just had Miller's. I'm stuffed. Real, real stuffed. Had a nice zinger. That's, zinger Mountain Melt. That's hot. Mild sauce. Yeah. So I am. So you stuffed. don't like spicing enough though. You don't get no barbecue sauce or a little. No. I don't like the barbecue. It's too sweet. Okay. I, I like the regular, you know, it's a little, it's not as spicy right. as regular. Simple man. Yeah, I'm a simple man. So today, no football today. First time, I think. No football. Yeah. Draft's over. Draft's over. It's a little downtime in the NFL, although the schedule is going to come out on Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm sure next week. But today, we do a little basketball. We got a fun list. I'm actually so excited. Very, very excited. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And obviously, Mets and Yankees rolling on here. So let's, let's start with. New York Knickerbockers here, and they go to L.A. last night, Sunday night. Sunday night, yes. Beat the Clippers. I was shocked. Me too. Um, I said when this road trip started that if the Knicks, that four-game set in the West Coast, if they took two, that would be like a huge accomplishment. Uh, and I could have saw them going 0-4, so it's, it's nice to see them get a win against the Clippers, and I think this Lakers game is winnable, too. Yeah, LeBron's going to come back, but... Yeah, but the, they just... He's banged up. I actually... I saw uh, such funny memes on Twitter about LeBron and stuff, and it was like a meme of him, and it was like, hey, you guys got any more three-month breaks before the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah. the Mickey Mouse season, as people like to call it. But, no, that was a, it was a good win. The That... That Nuggets game was kind of brutal. They they got, like, blown out in the first quarter and then just pretty much stayed even the rest of the game. They lost the first quarter by, like, 25 yeah. points. And, and I, I think, think they, they won every, they won every other quarter. But other quarter, yeah. Yeah, but by just a little bit. They didn't really – they never really made it a game. Uh, and the Suns game, Suns are a great team. Uh, we really want to see them win that game because of what happened at MSG the last time. But it happens. No so, yeah, but, but let's let's – we got to focus on this. This was a great win, and Derrick Rose played his ass off. They played a re- they played a really good game, A, because they didn't quit. They got off to a tough start, and they just continued. They battled back, and that's kind of the mantra of this team with Tom Thibodeau. That's how he rolls. Yep. And, yeah, like you said, D. Rose was absolutely phenomenal. I wonder if uh, R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle went over to Kawhi after the game. We're like, yo. Yeah. You uh you coming by you next wanna, year? Yeah, you want to <laughs> come visit anytime soon? That would be that would be something. You, I said it before. Yeah, you it said is, it. You want Kawhi's perfect fit. He fits so well into their team. They need a score a a scorer and a guy who could play defense. Well, not they don't need a guy who can play defense, but just add he to the fits strength. the he fits the the mojo the play style of the team because they're such a great defensive team. It add, it adds to the strength of the team. He plays tough. Although he does take like twenty games off, but that's another yeah, topic for another day. True. Uh, yeah, I think you're I think you're hundred percent right about that game against the Lakers. I think it's absolutely winnable. Yeah. They played terrible, although they played great last night against the Suns. That's a winnable game, hundred percent. The Suns also are a bad matchup for them. They can't nobody yeah. can defend A D when he's on. See, I was about to ask you. I know he played really well, but 
he's been like off this year. Is he? I know he's had a lot of injury problems, but well, the beginning to, of the compared year compared to was last going. year, his numbers are just not even comparable. Like, well, they also they didn't really have a break, and you know how weak he. I mean, yeah. Let's say weak, but yeah, you know, he's had brittle. injury problems for a while. So he didn't have a long layoff in the off season, and they were the last team to play. And he comes back. He got off to a nice start, but then but then he got hurt. I feel like the, the the Lakers are like vulnerable a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, it's not we're not just writing them into the finals, especially with how competitive I, the West is. I think it's really tough though because of how like how they match up against the Suns. Like if the Suns are the one seed, like they'll take care of the Suns. Yeah. Like we saw it last night. Yeah, especially when LeBron's back. I think they match up well against the the Jazz too. Okay, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to say. I think two weeks ago we were probably writing them in. You know, oh LeBron yeah. and AD will come back. Yeah. They'll be in, but no, Easier said not. than done. Yeah. And the Clippers, they're kind of like, I don't know what the Clippers are. So, they ride so under the radar here. Right. But they're still a very good team. Yeah. Because they, they, they're one of those teams where th- this happens. This is like a cycle. So, a team becomes really hyped up, and then they, they don't perform to their expectations. So, then people hate on them, and then they kind of become underrated. And that's what they are right now. The Clippers, they're a little underrated because they were so hyped up last year and people said they were, you know, going to go toe-to-toe with the Lakers. And I actually thought they were better than the Lakers. So did I. Um, But they didn't even get to the to the conference finals. But now they're a little a little underrated. But as I said a couple episodes ago, I don't I don't see them as a, a team making it to the finals. Neither do I. And... Uh, my MVP predictions changed. I think it's Jokic now. Really? Because Curry cool. He didn't cool off, but he stopped like putting forty five, fifty a night. Like right. So every night in a row, we would kind of look at his numbers and we were like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" Like mm. he's averaging thirty points. Talking he, about Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Better than his other MVP season. Yeah. But then I'm looking at Jokic's numbers and I'm like. We're not just giving it to this guy because he's carrying his team. Not only yeah. is he carrying his team, but Jamal Murray goes down. They move up in the standings. And his numbers are comparable. It, I looked at his numbers and I thought there was a mistake on ba- basketball reference. Yeah. I mean, they are that He was good. already a top 15, probably top 10 player in the league. Like, there was an argument yeah. for He was probably the best center. Him and Embiid, right? We were saying were the best centers Definitely. in the league. Um, And that was when he was averaging, like, low 20s, you know. Six assists, seven assists a game. His, every single number has gone up. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He's averaging 26.4 points per game. Last year, he averaged 20. So, he's averaging a whole 6.4 points. Um, 1.5 more assists. One more rebound. Like, everything has just gone up. And so is his uh, his three-point percent. has just gone to 40%. He shot 30. He's like a career... 30-something percent shooter. Last year, he shot 31%, but 40%? It's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion, My opinion on the MVP has completely changed. And, and, again, watching him the other night against the Knicks, it's like mm-hmm. this guy is – first of all, he looks like that. He looks like a regular guy on yeah. the street. Like, if he was walking down the block here in Massapequa, I'd be like, yep, yeah. just a normal guy walking down the street. Well, if he was maybe a, a foot shorter, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, but no, still, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, like he's not built or no. anything. You ever so, see those pictures of him as like a kid? Yeah, yeah. He's it's, like a little it's fat hilarious. Kid. Yeah, he's like you know holding. He up did lose weight. weight. He lost weight coming into this year. Yeah, he did lose weight. It's like he's like a little thinner, but he's a really good uh, ball handler too. It's unbelievable and how he is as a passer. Playmaker. And he's a playmaker. He does it. He does it seven all. foot. 
It's, it's unbelievable. So, so I saw Kendrick Perkins. As I want to. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Christ. this guy. He said the thing about the NBA Finals and the Super Bowl, which one's harder to win, and I'm like, Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. You want to get into that because it's not even comparable. I I saw this. I was talking about it. So, out of the four major sports, right, I would have the, like, which is the hardest to win? The NBA is last. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because how often do we see the best teams in the championship? All the time. Every time. I would do it as NBA Finals 4. Super Bowl three, Stanley Cup two, World Series one. I'm flipping Stanley Cup and World Series. Okay. But yeah, we're on I know the, the same Stanley page. Cup is very difficult to win. Yeah. Um, but baseball, it's like you got to be hot at the right time. And how many times do we see a wild card team yeah. wins it? I know it happens in hockey too, but I think baseball and hockey are like, it's not one, two, three, four. It's like one, two, and then a little gap, and then three, and then probably another gap at four. Like the NBA is, it's not it. We're not saying it's easy to win the championship, but we're saying if you're the best team, it's much easier than if you're the best team in any of the other sports. Absolutely. Hockey and baseball have a lot of, like, randomness to it. I couldn't believe that argument either. Ridiculous. I'm so happy he didn't bring up hockey or baseball. I'm happy he didn't say, like, oh, this is the hardest. Patrick Perkins is an idiot. He really is. He's so stupid. Him and, uh, who's the guy on... ESPN, the former player, Ryan Holland. Is that his name? Ryan Holland or? Oh, Hollins or? Something like that. Basketball, right? Yeah, basketball. Yeah, I think, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And Paul Pierce, well, Paul Pierce got fired, right? Because he had like strippers twerking in his face or something. Yeah, on his Instagram. Yeah, so he's got other issues. That's one hell of a way to go out. Yeah, but they were talking this morning on first take. I was in the gym and I saw it on the um, the treadmill TV. Yeah. Uh, Is Anthony Davis the best big in the game when he's healthy? Who would you say? Jokic. Jokic. Okay. Yeah. How do you say it? No, I don't know. I say, or... Sometimes I say Jokic. Sometimes I say Jokic. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever I'm feeling. It's yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. He's I, not. I'd say AD is. Really? Yeah. I don't see it. I mean, the defense is phenomenal, and he's a great scorer. Like, he could great score in the okay, post. Okay, then what else do you need? Shoot. What else he do you he need? He doesn't have the, the playmaking that Jokic okay, has. Okay, but... Oh, but you just said he's a better scorer. He's a better shooter. No, I said he's a very good scorer and shoot. I don't know. We don't know if he's a better scorer now. Jokic is shooting forty percent from three. He's putting up twenty six points a game. I'd have to look at it. We didn't plan that or anything, so I'd have to. I'd have to look at that. But but Jokic has Jokic has him in uh, well, this ball season. handling and uh, passing, which ball handling is the super important for bigs. But if you got it, then it's a plus. Yeah, it's it's a nice thing to have. No, this year nobody obviously. I mean, AD hasn't been healthy, so. The argument for this year is scratched, but I'd have we'd have to look at the numbers of their two best years and compare it. But. And no disrespect to Embiid, too, he's thrown in the conversation too. But Embiid would have been, I think Embiid would have won the MVP if he stayed. Yeah, he, probably. Yeah, I think I think Jokic would have still made a really strong case, and I think he might have edged him out still. But he was Embiid like first was in the M- ladder. Embiid was the guy. He was number one. Honestly, I don't see it. I would vote for Jokic. And I know Embiid's averaging three more points than him. He's averaging about the same rebounds. He's a better defender than Jokic is, but Jokic is no poor defender. Um, but he doesn't have the assists, which, like we said, isn't a Nobody's huge stat for that. centers. He only has three assists. But let's go to his efficiency. Jokic is more a more efficient shooter uh, from three-point range and from the field in general. He shoots 56%, and Embiid shoots 51%. Embiid shoots thirty seven percent from three. Jokic shoots forty. Right. So I would still give it. I would still give it to uh, 
You'd give it to Jokic. Notification just went off. Um, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, still I'd give to, it to Jokic. I'd have to look at it. Yeah, I mean, these numbers are insane. I mean, how do you not vote for this guy? Yeah. And then on top of it, Jam- uh, again, Jamal Murray goes down, and they're they're still winning games here. Unbelievable. Let's go over to the Nets. They were watching the game the other night. And I can't watch the Nets. Well, we, we actually only threw it on for like five minutes because they were getting blown out up until halftime. They were losing by 20 at half, the Nets. And they looked uncompetitive. Steve Nash calling timeouts, two minutes for the half. They were just lost. They, uh, I'm glad you brought up Steve Nash because I was listening to the Michael K. show today. And Michael K. brought up a solid point. About the Knicks and the Nets. He's not he wasn't saying the Knicks are gonna beat them in a seven game series if they met in the playoffs. But he was saying good good coaches find ways to win games in the playoffs, right? Like in in, in crucial situations they find a way to pull it out. Right. Thibodeau has Nash edged out by far. Oh yeah. To me, Steve Nash is like another Ty Lu. You know, he's a puppet. He's another I think Ty Lu's a better coach than he yeah, he's a puppet. Yeah. At least Steve Kerr. Mike like, D'Antoni probably tells him what to do. Steve Kerr was a good coach. Yeah, Steve Kerr was a team. great coach. And it was really because you didn't hear about him. But you Steve hear Kerr, about Steve Nash all but the time. But Steve Kerr had the Knicks. We were thinking about the Knicks hiring. Like, he wasn't like, oh, let's just pull this random guy out to coach a super team and deal with superstars. Like, right. Steve Kerr was a, being considered for the Knicks job, and Phil Jackson decided to not hire him because what a smart man he was. I thought... I thought he chose Golden State over the Knicks. No, he didn't. I don't, I don't think he did. I'd, I, I, I'd have to. I have to go back. I now. believe he did. Yeah, that's probably the smartest decision, decision he's ever made, yeah. ever. But yeah, Steve Nash to me is a puppet, yeah. right? I mean, 100%. Durant, they're like buddy buddy. Kyrie, they're yeah. buddy buddy. What's what's Kyrie's deal? Is he all right? Yeah, he's he's his feelings aren't hurt he's this good? week, so he's good. Yeah, he's oh, playing. Boy. Yeah. But Harden is the bigger story because nobody knows when he's coming back. I think the playoffs, he's going to be good, they said. But Are they sure he's not going to be like 25 pounds heavier? Uh, maybe he was in Houston at the, uh, at the strip, strip club clubs, over there. yeah, Throwing some, dollar bills and eating some wings. wings. Yeah, I don't know. But he's got to come back for them. To me, I don't think they go to the finals without him. He's their point guard. He runs the offense. Right now, they got... Durant bringing the ball up, Kyrie bringing the ball up. Kyrie told him when they were playing together, "You're the point guard. Like you run the yeah. show here." And he may, he does. He's a good playmaker. He makes things happen. He might dribble the ball a little bit too much, right? But he makes things happen. So to me, he's the missing link as of right now. Yeah. If all right, if the Nets and the Knicks met in the playoffs, right? And they're playing at the Barclays Center, game one. Give me the percent split of Knicks and Nets fans at that game. Well, you have to think season ticket holder for the Nets are yes. going to have first. So if it wasn't like that, if it was normal times. No, count the season ticket holders. If it was normal times, I would say 60-40 Knicks. I'm going to go 50-50. Just because I think those season ticket holders that are Nets fans that are going to get first priority are actually going right. to go. It's, but if it was normal times, I'd say the Knicks would have have it edged out. Yeah, they're gonna. It's it'll be interesting. It definitely will be. Did you see the the Clippers game? The Knicks fans that how many were there? Yeah, I was surprised. I was I very know. surprised. As I've seen this all over the place, and it's true. Life is better when the Knicks are winning. It's just it's a whole different vibe. It, it really is. is. Like whether the Yankees are winning or 
The Mets are close, but they're not even at the yeah. level of it. The Nets, obviously. Like, no team in this city can generate the buzz that the Knicks do when they're winning. Maybe the and Jets, maybe the Mets. It's, but I don't, it's I, not, it's no, close. it's not even that because the Jets and the Mets are in the same situation as the Knicks in terms of, like, how poor the franchises have operated. But the Knicks have always been, like, the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. They've been New York's team. Like, the Nets were in Jersey. They haven't been here long, the Nets. So the whole city, like, uh, or the whole state are Knicks fans. Um... Not a, you know, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But basically, the whole state are Knicks fans, and so that's why you get like that camaraderie. Like you know, our our group chat with our fantasy football, for, you know, with the yeah. ten of our friends, or whatever. Everybody, although some of them are a little fugazi. With I wonder their who Knicks those fandom. guys. I wonder yeah. who those guys are. I'm looking at. I'm looking at one right now. Um, but everybody's like rallying around it you know it's just it's fun it's, it's really better. fun and and we don't get to experience that in new york i always think about that in other states how they just have some of them don't even have four teams in the four major sports you know uh, like st louis doesn't have every team or yeah. you go to uh toronto doesn't have a team and everything um but it's it's cool i lo- like it's weird to not like disagree with people and be like Oh, the Knicks. The what can heads. they do? Yeah, like if the, like if this was the Jets, I was gonna say this. Like that would obviously, I would be very happy if the Jets were doing really well. But it wouldn't be like the whole city's like you know, uh, coming behind them and. Yeah, but I'll tell you right now, if the Mets win a World Series, if the Jets won a Super Bowl, like you would see, you would see. Oh yeah, I mean it would, it would be, be crazy. crazy. It would be mayhem yeah. in on Long Island in New York. Like right. it would be mayhem. But 100%. huge. Let's get back to the Nets here. Even though every time we talk about the Nets, somebody brings up the Nets. It's, 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 <laughs> like, that's how it's, it is. It's just how it is. But the Nets got a huge win tonight, and they didn't even play. The Spurs killed the Bucks. The Knicks go back. The Nets go back to the two seed, and they're half game up on the Bucks now. I I think they need as much home, like they're not going to get the one seed. No. They need. I think they need that home court advantage over the Bucks in that. In really? that round two, uh, yeah, I do. The bu- how are the Bucks doing full capacity? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I'm not even saying that. I just think. Like, well, yeah, that's not all that goes into it. Traveling, not yeah. playing in your home arena, everything like that. Like they can't, they can't defend Embiid. They they can't yeah. do a lot of that. They can't do a lot of things defensively. And I think those are going to be high scoring games. I'm worried about them. I'd be if I was a Nets fan. Really? Yeah, when I was a Nets fan. Oh, I two weeks be, ago, yeah. I would be worried about them if I was. I really would. But I, I, I would have loved to see them with Harden right now. Right. Like I would have loved to see Harden in those Bucks games. That's like what's I think they win. Is that they? What is it? Ten times or something that they've all played together. Eight. Jesus. But if you threw him in there for one of those Bucks games, I think they win. And like, but who's to say they're gonna? I feel like they're not talking about this enough. Who's to say they're three of them are gonna stay healthy the whole playoffs? Yeah, you're right. They haven't been able to do it the season. I think the there's season. a lot. I think there was a lot of cases though where it was like precautionary Low management and whatever. Like the Yankees sitting drunk all stand and everything. Right, minutes. like I think. I mean, the, uh, and Judge. I think the Nets. I think Harden could play tomorrow if if it was Game Seven. I think he right. would play. I think we play through, yeah. but we don't know. He he might be really hurt, Who knows? and he might re-injure it. So we will see here. 
We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to some MLB. We're going to do a very interesting list. We'll be right back. The SNE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at snepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. All right, we are back. Merlo and JM here, Hardline Sports Talk, Episode 7. Our list this week, top five offensive seasons in Major League Baseball of the 21st century. Yes. We were saying before, we could talk about numbers in baseball for two hours. Yeah. Two hours here. But we're not going to kill you. So this is kind of... This is tough. This is a really tough list. We kind of went back and forth with the specifics of this list, how we were going to do it. Yeah. So you want me to start? I'll start. Yes. Uh, Just really before we start, I was going to say this... I think the fact that this is like includes a steroid error just made it so much harder. Because you have all these numbers that are like, what the hell are these... You know, some of these... Numbers are like popping off the page. You're like, holy crap. Feels like it's unfair. Yes. Because it was. But it was. Anyway, steroids happen. We can't erase it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So I'll go first. My number five season. We're going to go back to 2002. Barry Bonds, San Francisco Giants. He had 46 home runs, 110 RBIs. He walked 198 times. He batted 370 with a 582 OPS and a 799 slugging percentage. His OPS was 1.381 and he had an OPS plus of 268. Average OPS plus is 100. His was 268. It's just stupid. And that's not even his best season. That's not his best season. No. Actually, his, that was his best OPS plus season and his best OPS season. Yeah. To be honest with you about any of it. So. Um... Okay, my number five. 2013, Miguel Cabrera, triple crown year. Okay. That was 12, but it's the same thing. No, it wasn't. It was. It was? Unless I'm an idiot. Yeah, 2012. Oh, well, then not his triple crown year because the second year was actually better. Wow, 2013... He batted 348 with 44 home runs, 137 RBI, yeah. and a 1,078 OPS. So he literally had the same amount of home runs and two less RBI the year as the year of the Triple Crown. But his batting average went up 18 points, his on-base percentage went up 50 points, and his slugging went up 30 points. So, and his OPS plus was 190. Like everything went up. I'm not just yeah. gonna. I'm not just gonna be like, oh well. uh... You know, he won the Triple Crown that year because it's not, you know, okay, so what? The the second best guy wasn't as good that year. I'm just going to look at the paper and see the numbers, and that was that was the best year of his career. Yeah. Which is weird because people don't think of that. People think the Triple Crown year, as I did. I just assumed that was a Triple Crown year. That's what I, I that's what because I did. Because you know what fooled me? He led the league in batting average, on base, and OPS. And I, for some reason, that tricked my mind. I was like, oh, he won the Triple Crown. But I'm like, wait a minute. You it's home runs and RBIs. Right. Um, but yeah, 2013 Miguel Cabrera is my number five. My number four, little bit of a late entry. And I almost put the guy who finished second in MVP this year okay. on this too. 2006, Ryan Howard. Wow. Insane. Okay, before you Let say, me hear it. Before hear you it. say, wow. So, won the MVP this year, obviously. Best year of his career. 
He was 26 years old. This was his first full season in the majors. 313, 425 on base, 659 slugging, so 1,084 OPS, 58 homers, 149 RBI. Led the league in homers, RBI, had an OPS plus of 167. Just dominant year. Uh, I was... The Stanton year, I was looking at it when he hit the 59. Yeah. Stanton's on base was only like 370. Really? Yeah. Insane stats out of uh, Ryan Howard. And what I was, what I said before was I almost put 2006 Albert Pujols on this list because his OPS was a little bit higher. Right. But he didn't have the the home run numbers, and he, he had him in batting average, but Howard still batted 313. I just think it's incredible that this guy hit 58 homers and batted 313. Like, you don't see that a lot. No, unless it's Barry Bonds. Yes. Yeah. Unless your head's the size of a pumpkin like Barry Bonds. Okay. All right. So, my number four, my boy, Alex Rodriguez, 2005, his second year with the Yankees. He hit 48 home runs, 130 RBIs. He batted 321. On base was 421. So, I mean, it's good, but, you know, not as high as. Nothing insane. He slugged 610 and an OPS of 1,031. His OPS plus was one of the highest of his career. Second highest of his career was 173. I mean, A-Rod, I have A-Rod on the list again. In a I was bit. about to say, I'm surprised you don't have his 2007 one. But I'm no, sure his that's... 2007 one is on the list. Okay. It's just unbelievable what he did. And obviously so that's four. Ball. That's four. Okay. Number three. This is my favorite player. Oh, I, I think he's my favorite non-Met of all time. Okay. Albert Pujols, who obviously was just DFA'd by the Angels. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But Albert Pujols in two... Th- now, there are a few seasons I could have chose from. I had a really hard time with this. I went with 2006. He hit 49 home runs, 137 RBIs. Yeah. He batted 331 with an on base of 431, slugged 671, had an OPS of 1,102, OPS plus of 178. He didn't win the MVP that year. Yeah, Ryan Howard did. That was Ryan Howard? Yeah, that was Ryan Howard did. Yes, okay. 2009, yeah. I was looking at Albert, and I had 2006 and 2009, I was thinking about putting him on. And like 2007. He had a crazy stretch. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorite players. I have his autograph. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Crazy Probably st- worth a lot of money. Crazy story. Yeah, I'll wait until he goes in the hall. Um, we'll sell it. Okay. My number three. I believe you said this. You said 2002 Barry Bonds, right? Yes. 2002 Barry Bonds. Michael already read the stats. Absolutely insane. Um, And the fact that this one wasn't the best year of his career <laughs> and probably wasn't the – might not even be the second best year of his career. Just absolutely insane. And uh, surprise, number two, 2004, Barry Bonds. Wow. Really? Oh, you didn't? Yeah, I was going to say, I had that three. That's just my third best season of this. What? Uh, 2002. 2004, I have two on my list, and it's my second You don't have A-Rod on the list? No. I was thinking about putting 2000, 2007 A-Rod, and then I took him out and put Ryan Howard in. Okay. 2001, I'm sorry, I'm getting my Barry Bonds seasons confused. 2004 Barry Bonds was my number two. He batted 362 with, oh my God. I mean, how is this even 
possible. Well, when you inject a bunch <laughs> of steroids into your body, it is. 609 on base percentage. <laughs> That's some guy's OPS, okay? Yeah. And an 812 slugging. Again, OP- if you have an 812 OPS in Major League Baseball, you're, you're an everyday guy. player. You're, pretty good you're not a superstar, but you're an everyday player. Slightly above average hitter. That was his slugging. So that that, that means a uh, OPS, you know, just light, 14-22. And he actually only, only hit 45 home runs, but that's because he walked 232 times. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And his OPS plus was 263. I mean, can you imagine walking 232 times? Do you, he was intentionally walked 120 times that year. Oh, my God. That was more than yeah. almost double. His other highest was 68 times a year. They walked him. Mike Sosha walked him with the bases loaded in the World Series. That's one of the greatest moves ever. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, because it's most likely going to be a grand slam. Yeah. All right. Am I up or are you up? You're up. Okay. So my number two was Alex Rodriguez. My boy, again. Heartbreak. J-Lo's with Ben Affleck again as of right now. She is? Yeah, she went back to him. They were on a. They went on vacation somewhere. They were caught on vacation. Yeah, that's whack. Yeah, that's whack. Uh, a Rod, two thousand seven, his fourth year with the New York Yankees. He hit fifty four home runs with one hundred and fifty six RBIs. He batted three fourteen with an on base of four twenty two, slugging of six forty five, and an OPS of one thousand sixty seven, and an OPS plus of one seventy six. And when we read these numbers, it's like. Oh, yeah. It's pretty light. After looking at Bonds' numbers just now, it's like... Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Like, I... A-Rod was fantastic. We should have capped... We should have capped Bonds' Yeah, but, like, like, I don't know how you could put that over a 8-12 slugging and a 6-0-9 on base percentage. I know. I mean, I have him on twice. I have him on twice here. Okay. I have him on three times. I know. Number one season, he broke the record in 2001 for most home runs ever. In one season, Barry Bonds, 73 home runs, 137 RBIs. He walked 177 times. He batted 328 with a 515 on base, an 863 slugging, and a 1379 OPS with a 259 OPS plus. That is also my number one, 2001 Barry Bonds. See, my brother just said this to me today. When you combine... Barry Bonds was like made in the lab kind of thing because he had all the God-given talent in the world and then you add on the countless amount of drugs and steroids that he you know put in his body in these performance-enhancing drugs and this is what you get. You get a, a freak, like a, just an absolute insane... And he didn't need the steroids. He when he was in Pittsburgh, he had a th- he was like Mike Trout when he was in Pittsburgh. Literally. Yeah, like I'm looking at the season. His he first was year, nine hundred Gi- OPS every year. His first year with the Giants was 1993. He hit 46 home runs and 123 RBIs. That led the league. And he, he was batted 336. Year. Yeah, he wasn't on steroids. He had a th- 1136 OPS with a 206 OPS plus. Like mm-hmm. this guy was already going to be a Hall of Famer without the steroids. Oh, 100. He won three MVPs. Yeah. So, like. Also, we can get into the Hall of Fame debate another time, but, like, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Like, you can't – I look at it as you can't rewrite the history of baseball without looking at this right here and go, oh, yeah, we could just completely take all that out. I'm, yeah. It's 
I, I'm sorry. Like you. I can't. mean, I know you don't want to get into a debate. The only thing I would say about that is, yeah, you can't. Like, I'm not saying you should just ignore the guy's stats. Like, you should leave it there. But in terms of the Hall of Fame, my my argument is, why did he need to take steroids? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he obviously had the talent of making it into the Hall of Fame. But he decided to take steroids, and that, and that just like stained his whole career, and that was his choice. But all right, so just just to recap, my five through one: 2013 Miguel Cabrera, 2006 Ryan Howard, and then 2002 Barry Bonds, 2004 Barry Bonds, and 2001 Barry Bonds. Mine was Bonds 2002, A Rod 2005, Pujols 2006, A Rod 2007. And Bonds 2001. Unbelievable. So let's let's talk. Let's go right into it here. We were thinking of this list because one of the greats ever, Albert Pujols, was DFA'd by the Los Angeles Angels. And I know that you are you, you want to go on a little rant here, so I'll give the floor to you. I just this whole situation is just ridiculous. Like Adrian Beltre and David Ortiz came out recently and were, like, defending Pujols and were like, oh, that's ridiculous what the Angels did. And they were basically saying the Angels should suck just to respect Albert Pujols and let him go out the right way. Okay, right? Let me ask you a question. When you think of Albert Pujols for his career, what do you think of? The Cardinals. Him in a Cardinals uniform, right? What the hell do the Angels owe this guy? They gave him a 10-year contract, all the money in the world, and he didn't do anything. I mean, I mean, not he had a good couple first years. I'm looking at it right now. He had an 859 OPS his first year, hit 30 homers, right? Good year, but a down year, right? Like that wasn't what we were used to with him in St. Louis. I think I think we can honestly say this contract was a complete oh, yeah. failure. One of the worst in recent memory. Yes. And I love him. I really do, but yeah, this that was, was not. Remember a they good signed Josh uh, Josh Hamilton too. Yep, that was yeah terrible. This I I honestly think the reason why I mean I no it's it's true like the reason why they have not won is because they put themselves in you yeah know, money hell yeah I mean no but seriously you th- like I said the guy has not performed well I'll, I'll look at his numbers right now so eleven years with the Cardinals. Jesus Christ. He bet 328 with a 420 on base and 617 slugging. That's at 1,037 OPS, right? right? Hall of Famer, one of the greatest hitters ever when you look at that. Okay, 10 years with the Angels. 256, 311 on base, 447 slugging, 758 OPS. You know what I see when I see that? League average player, yeah. slightly below average, and his defense wasn't great. He was a great defender in St. Louis, but he got old and his defense got worse and worse. Um... Just, it's just like what that what do they owe what do they owe him? They owe him nothing, and I'm gonna be honest with you because when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, like this is crazy, like how could they do this? And then when I thought about it and got real with it, I was like, listen, they told him the night before we're releasing you, he's done, he yeah. can't go anywhere. If he could go somewhere, it's a one day contract, and he's done, and he retires. Because they talked to him. They talked to him the night before. To, they gave him the option but retire they now. Him. Yes, exactly. They gave him that option. They gave him... They were speaking about this in spring training. Like, they were thinking yeah. about this. So, yeah. They they did. I mean, he's not been good. 
and it's been terrible. He, they they owe him a lot of money still. You want me? You want me to be honest with you? I think he lied about his age. Oh yeah, so do I. He's not forty one. He, he there's no way that guy's forty one no. years old. No, he's older than forty one. Yeah, but I mean that's he's a, he's not like fifty five, but he's not forty one. If, if I told you he was forty six, would you be surprised? Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. He doesn't I look he doesn't you. look forty one to me at all. Um, I mean, who knows? But no, literally nobody knows. Like I said, he might not even. Know. Yeah, he might he might not even. But like I said, what do they owe him? And so you're a player on the Angels, right? And you're a Mike Trout or you're whoever. You've been with the organization for a while. And you have a solid team this year. They're not fantastic. We have a solid team. The division's kind of open, right? The A's are playing well lately. But there's no, like, the Favorite. Astros aren't winning 100 games again, right? They're not, like, the those Astros. So, hey, Jared Walsh or whoever's going to play first base or DH, whatever. You're not going to get as much playing time. Or you're this guy in the minors. You're not going to get called up. Or we're just gonna trot this guy out there and make our team lose more ball games because we want this guy to go out the wrong to, to go out the right way. And if that means sacrificing our chances at making the playoffs and going to the World Series, then so be it. Because no. that makes sense, right? And the you know what you know what is honestly owed. Albert Pujols should write the Angels a check and say, "Hey, sorry for me sucking. Wow, here's a little bit back." And that's, I'm not an Albert Pujols. I'm not an Albert Pujols hater. I love Albert Pujols, and he's one of the. I'm lucky to have watched him. But the outcrying by David Ortiz and Adrian well, Beltre uh, that's his, and all these people, yeah, those are his friends. Those are his boys. They're gonna defend him or whatever. But the outcrying and saying, "Oh, that's not how you do it. That's so wrong." He's not an he's he's gonna go into the Hall of Fame with the Cardinals hat on. Yeah. He's not gonna be wearing an Angels hat. So why are we trying to give this guy a a, a going away ceremony, a retirement ceremony, which is what they offered him? Yeah. They said we can do that for you. We can do an Albert Pujols day, right? And you can retire tomorrow. But we're not gonna carry you for the rest of the season. And he you was, have no place on this team. And he was mad. He he was mad at Madden. He went into Madden's office because he didn't start one day. Like. And listen, oh I just God. pulled up Jared Walsh's number. Who took his numbers? Who took his He's spot great. at first base? He's great. Six home runs, twenty-seven RBIs, nine forty-eight OPS. I mean, he's great. And he's dead weight on a team that yeah is trying to contend. They would rather pull somebody up that is versatile, athletic, yeah. and not have him on their twenty-six man roster. Exactly. So yeah, like this makes complete sense. And honestly, probably should have been done a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it's it's the whole. This whole players mentality where they think that they're like bigger than the team and not I'm not saying Albert Pools thinks he's bigger than the team, but I'm saying this fits into the motive where Adrian Beltre and David Ortiz are defending defending him and saying that's not how you you gotta go out the right way, whatever. Then they'll say that, but and and say my counter to that would be like, Oh, it's a business. Like this is like a team decision. Like we're not gonna keep carrying Albert Pools. But then so they won't like that, but then they want to go on strike and, and change all these rules or whatever and say it's a business. This is what happens. Right. So you can't play both sides of the card. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I get it, but you know, like they're friends, you know. Like that's what I know. I understand. I don't think why you should make a big deal him. about. Yeah, like they're defending him. They're, like that's it. I'm making a big deal of why people all over, whether it's social media or in articles, are saying. The Angels are so wrong for doing this. No, the Angels. This made isn't a, Derek Jeter, a guy who spent his whole career with one team and won multiple championships, and all of a sudden they DFA'd him. The Angels made a good, smart baseball and business decision here with DFAing him 
and bringing up some whoever they bring up, I'm yeah. sure is going to be more helpful to the team. Unfortunately, yeah. and again, he's not going to be picked up by anybody else because nobody needs a right-handed bat that can play first or just the eight that's hitting yeah. 200 that might hit 30 you know home what, runs. You know what's going to happen? He's no one's going to sign him, like you said. And he'll sign a one-day contract with the Cardinals, and they'll have an Albert Pujols day. You think that would be cool? Yeah. That would be that, cool. That, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But again, Which like, is how he should go out. If you ask me, that's how he should go out. That's how he should go out. But I have a question for you. Is that fair? Like, is that fair to the team? Like, the Mets did that with... They got The Mets so did the that with Cardinals, David Wright. you mean? Yes, the Mets did that with David Wright. But it was in September, and they were out of it. Like, yeah. the Cardinals are going to be in this thing. Can the Cardinals afford to put them in the no, lineup one day? No, I'm just... You oh, you don't put them in the lineup. You oh. just sign them to one of those stupid contracts. He's, uh, maybe maybe he goes out for an at-bat. Yeah. He, all right. Whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. he's an old man. He goes out with this walker or whatever. Yeah. Um, But do the Cardinals want to do that? I mean, the guy did leave them in free agency. Yes. I know yeah. he's still good friends with, like, Yachty and the guys in the organization. Like, they I know he's not that. hated, but... I think they would do it. I think they would, too. I don't. Think I know he always gets a standing ovation when he comes to St. Louis. Yeah, hey, I don't. I don't see why they. That's how he it. should go out. If you ask me, he shouldn't go out as an angel. No, it's wrong. It doesn't make sense. He was terrible. What you want? You want the guy to play and and see him uh, try and chase seven hundred home runs over three years when he hits fifteen a year, like and bats two hundred. He was no. I mean, he was pretty. He was a bad angel, especially for that contract. Definitely. So let's get to our local teams. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with the Mets. Why not? They're, they're on Mets are rolling. Five straight. They sweep the Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend. They took the last two of the four-game set from the Cardinals. And there's a, obviously, there's a lot of drama with this team. I mean, it's May. It's literally May. And I have a list of things that not only have given me heart attacks, but I, like, I don't think I'm going to survive this season. Like, I really don't. Like, it's unbelievable what's happened. So... Lindor looks like he's coming alive, but you had that rat raccoon thing in the, the oh dugout, God. which was so stupid. So, and I actually believed it at first, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. We'll get there. So, the rat, if you haven't heard, the rat raccoon story. So, apparently Nimmo and Lindor have, like, this issue. I don't know what it is. I thought it was McNeil. Oh, what did I say? Nimmo. Nimmo. McNeil, McNeil. I'm sorry. Lindor and McNeil, they have this thing. They play short and second, you know, so they, you know, communicate. They have to work together a lot. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, after like the seventh inning, you see Conforto and Dom Smith and Jonathan VR. They're looking in the clubhouse after McNeil and Lindor went in, and they sprint in. But the camera can't get the angle of the clubhouse into the clubhouse down the steps in the dugout. So they don't know what's happening. Right. So now it's a big story. It's all over. And Lindor comes out and hits a home run after a game time home run. Mm hmm. McNeil was like upset, like you could tell. He grounded out. He was like pissed. He ran to the dugout, slammed his helmet, whatever. So they were emotional, obviously. And I, I don't know. So after the after the game, Lindor's like, "Yeah, there was a. I thought it was a rat. McNeil thought it was a raccoon. Like they just handled it so stupidly." That's and what I was gonna say. This isn't even. This is a non-story. Like all he had to do was just say like, "Oh yeah, we just had a little disagreement. Like exactly. it happens. Like emotions are running high. Whatever." And he's like, we're all good now. That's, he could have literally just said that. When you're with somebody or a bunch of guys for, what, 200 days out of the year? Yeah. 
you're gonna fight. Yeah. So there's no problem with them fighting. Like there's no. If anything, issue. it's good, right? Yeah. Like we see in football when guys fight each other, and they they say it's good because it shows passion and they're competing hard, whatever. Same thing. It shows like a little passion. They obviously care, and their the emotions are running high. Like I said, but the way they handled this cool, could have been this done. team. I'm sorry, like. I I genuinely for you root for the Mets and like I, I like seeing them do well Thanks. but they are so damn corny man yeah a this whole bit. Donnie Stevenson thing and then put this on top of it it's it's corny like I mean if you're a Mets fan if you're a Mets fan obviously you love it like this this story I don't like like all right you love that Donnie Stevenson thing I thought it was cool I think it's so corny. stupid it was Pete Alonso Pete Alonso was Donnie Stevenson he went he dressed up in like a tank top and a mustache and glasses and he went into the hitters meeting. And he was like, this is what we're going to do. Four minutes. They were cracking up. Yeah, there's a story in The Athletic about it today. But the Rat Raccoon story, like, it was just, like, I don't know. It could have been handled so much differently. It was immature. And you could that's, tell. That's the best Rojas, excuse. Rojas was pissed. Yeah. And so was Zach Scott. Really? The GM. Yeah, he was pissed. I'm surprised Rojas you need to hear. can get pissed. Oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. But what are the, that's the excuse they came up with? A yeah. rat or a raccoon? I don't... It's immature. Like, it's immature. And, like, I guess... I don't know. If you listen to the post-game interview, Rojas is, like, confused about, like, what they were talking about. Really? With, like, the raccoon stuff, whatever. Beca- I don't know who came up with... Okay, we're going to go with this story. Like, obviously right. something happened. Obviously there was a fight. Mm-hmm. So... Now, what do you think? Do you think they were like throwing haymakers, or they were just like somebody on Twitter? The seven line posted on Twitter is like, I, I think uh, there's a shiner under McNeil's left eye, but there oh wasn't. I know. I think they were just shoving each other and yeah. they were yelling. I mean, whatever. Listen, guys, fight. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about. Boys it. will be boys. Boys will be boys. But I mean, it, and it took away. And Zach Scott said this, the acting GM. He said this. It took away from a phenomenal win. Like, they were down 4 nothing. Peterson comes out in the second inning, and the bullpen comes in with 8 and a third, and they go scoreless, or they give one run. They win a great game. Lindor is finally coming alive a little bit here. Yeah. And it took away from a great win. Yes. So, the team's playing great. Uh, you know, the last five games, obviously. They're 7-2 and two in their last nine. And the bullpen is what's really propelled this team. They're seven and two in the last nine. Yeah. So the Yankees. Look at that. I have a, I have something for the Yankees too. Uh, Staff. All right. Before but. we get to them. Yeah. No. They're 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 playing good. Um. And at least is so. Yeah. I mean, the the Nationals are in last and are like three games back. I don't think the Na- I really don't like the Nationals. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Think I hope they good. suck because I hope Max Scherzer's on the trade market. Oh, here we go. The Mets bullpen since April twenty second. Their ERA is 1.70. It's been that good. And they've had bullpen days. And they've had, you know, they've had a couple outings where Peterson couldn't go long. Like, they've been phenomenal. And they don't have their, in my opinion, best reliever back, Seth Lugo. And he should be back by the end of the month, which is huge. What's the deal with Patances? Is he just not? Patances could get DFA'd and whatever. I'm surprised he hasn't been DFA'd. He's on the 60-day IL. That's what he. That's crazy, man. Such a. God just had such nasty stuff. And he was – he didn't just have the stuff. Like, he had a good years. Yeah. Four really good years with yeah. the Yankees. I remember they signed him on Christmas Day. I was so excited. Yeah. He – yeah, I mean – He was like – he had that Achilles injury in his – like, he had a bad year with the Yankees. And that was like – I joked. I said he – that was a rehab <laughs> assignment that he signed with the Mets. I remember that. But um, 
they they he, did, his velocity is gone. He didn't get surgery on his Achilles. Yeah. They the Mets medical staff, which at the time you know was the Wilpon era or whatever. It was, yeah. They said he didn't need surgery, so he'll rehab. He'll miss a couple of months and then he'll come back. But obviously he needs it. Yeah. Degrom, he's on the IL. I think this is the best move. I, I mean, there was no reason to rush him here. He's had lat issues, you know, right tightness in his yeah. lat, his right side. And there's no pain, he says, it's just tight. And now he had a little issue with his lower back, more tightness. The MRIs all came back clean. Again, he doesn't feel anything. I, I think that they were basically saying, like, if this was October, he'd be pitching. Yeah. but Is that the same problem that um, Syndergaard had a couple of years ago? I mean, I know it was worse and he was out for the season, but didn't he have lat nah, issues? I forget what Syndergaard was. You have to look that up. I saw a stat before, like, the, the guys, the notable pitchers in the last few years that had lat issues, like, the most games they missed was, like, 60. And obviously, he's not – I mean, as of right now – He's not going to miss 60 games. Like, they think this is going to be a week or two. Right. The Mets also have a couple of days off here. So, there was no point in, like, not putting him on the IL. Yeah. Just skip his start once or twice. Like, this was the best move. If you told me they did that last week, I would have been okay. Right. Sit him for two weeks. Have him come back. You said that. Yeah. You said they should retroactive to his last start, put him on the IL. Yeah. Let him have a day off. And you were, you were right because he got hurt again, so... And I was nervous about that. Yeah. I mean, he looked. I mean, of course, he threw four, four perfect innings in thirty-five yeah. pitches. I joked he, about it. I know where you're coming from because when Masahiro Tanaka in the beginning of his career had that, and Masahiro Tanaka wasn't even the pitcher that Jacob Degrom is, um, but the ace of your staff, he had that UCL thing where yes. he partially tore his UCL. I was like so nervous, and I remember it took me a long, long time to get over. For a couple of years, every time he pitched. It was just like always in the back of my mind. In my mind, I was like, "This guy's like a ticking time bomb." I'm like, "What pitches he gonna throw?" Whereas UCL just tears completely. And he, gets he didn't believe young. in surgery, right? No. Yeah, that's why he didn't get. Did he ever get it? No. He never got it. Nope. He didn't either. Nope. Seth Lugo has a partially torn UCL. He's had one. Yeah. And that's not they why he's out right it. now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, but they the Mets top prospect has one, and they they were just like, "Yeah, you're getting Tommy John, Matthew Allen. He's going, oh really? He's going he's next week. Yeah." Well, they just do they do that, yeah, with them younger guys. But honestly, like sometimes, I mean, I know it sounds weird, but like sometimes it's better for the younger guys to just get it. Yeah, get it over with. I mean, I know you can have it. You can you can get it again, but like still, right? Get Might it as over well. with. Degrom got it over with. Senegal got it over with. Harvey got it over with. Get it over with. Oh, yeah, Harvey, got it, Harvey got it over with. Oh yeah. Well, He's... Harvey got thora- thoracic outlet surgery, and yes. that's impossible to come back from. Yeah. And the Mets are going to see Matt Harvey on Wednesday. Man, That's going to be great. Go. I want to go to that game. I can't, though. Let's head over to the other side of town, New York Yankees. You saw this yesterday. Before they won, they were 13-6 and in their last 19. They're 14-6 and now in their last 20. That's the best stretch, I think, in baseball really? over that time. So I think it's safe to say that they are back. And Luke Voigt, back uh, maybe tomorrow. I don't know, but uh, probably soon. not. Um, no, no maybe during the series they said, but I don't know about tomorrow. Okay, um, soon. They're back, but like in terms of the record, they're back. But the Yankees that like we know aren't back because their pitching's doing really well, but they're still not hitting that well. You know what I mean? Yes, like the Mets haven't gotten there yet. Either. They're playing great, but. It's not the Yankees we're used to. Glaber finally hit a home run yesterday. That's crazy. I know. 
How has he not hit a home I run? I heard all this year? stat a couple of weeks ago, so it's more now, but it was he had three home runs in two hundred in his last two hundred twenty plate appearances. Seriously? Yeah. Um, How many home runs did he last year? Like two or something? He, he played 60 yeah. games? I mean, no, he got hurt, but oh, okay. he, he didn't play. He played more than 30. That's crazy. And but he had the walk-off He had the walk off hit, what, yesterday? A, no, oh, Stanton that, had the walk-off hit Sunday, and then Glaber yeah. had it Saturday. Right, it was that infield hit. They stole that game against Scherzer. Scherzer was nice. lights out. I mean, he broke the record for most strikeouts by an opposing pitcher at Yankee Stadium ever. Oh. Uh, Cliff Lee had it with 13. Now Scherzer threw 14. Um, yeah, Glaber had three home runs last year in forty in one hundred sixty plate appearances. Oh. Um, but yeah, they're they're back, and Luke Roy coming back is a big big addition. Yeah, help that lineup out a little bit. One thing Mike I Ford. heard, Mike Ford, Jesus, Christ, I, I can't stand that guy. Um, <laughs> one thing I heard is. So, you know, there's this whole thing about the Yankees don't have any left-handed hitters and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I'm not, like, a super believer in that. I'm like, they're, good, they're good hitters, right? I am, but, yeah. But, um, I think this was also said on the Michael K. show. The Rays are built, like, the Yankees are not built well to beat the Rays because the Rays have a bunch of guys in their bullpen that are right-handers and throw 98 miles an hour. Yeah. So, it's, it's a little bit of a tough thing matchup-wise when they play the Rays. You're going let's, there tomorrow. Let's see how they do. It's, yeah, you want to take a flight down? Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying they, they are going Yeah. Um, let's see how they do. against. If they take two out of three against uh, the Rays on the road, that would be great. The Cole's pitching the second game. So, hopefully they win that one at least. But let's see if they can finally snap out of this where they can't beat the Rays in Tropicana or just beat the Rays at all. It's a nice test for a team that, you know, is, again, we think they're back. But, you know, still – Getting their footing here a little yes. bit. It's a nice test for them, and yeah, I mean they really, they really struggled. So I know the Mets are going there over the weekend. I'm a little nervous too. Maybe that maybe they just have a thing against New York teams. They you know what it was? Them. Okay, so the guy who designed Tropicana Field, right? Yeah, I think it might have been the same guy who designed Citizens Bank Park and decided to put that metal railing oh. over the right field fence. Or what about four hundred like thirty feet to left field at City Field when <laughs> yeah. they first yeah. <laughs> opened it? Or the guy who designed Fenway Park and decided to make a eighty foot tall wall in left field three hundred ten feet, and then oh yeah, let's make it in right field. It's two. It's like three hundred feet, but if you move over two steps to the left, it's three hundred seventy. Anyways, <laughs> the guy who designed Tropicana Field was like. All right, we're going to build a permanent dome in the state of Florida, <laughs> right? Not like – like, in Florida, it gets hot. Like, like you're going to need, like – I know Marlins Park, they close the roof and stuff. Do that. Make, like, a – Retractable roof. A retractable roof, right. But, no, that's – whatever. That, apparently, that doesn't work. Let's make a dome. And here's the best thing. <laughs> we play – a sport where the ball's white, right? Yeah. Let's make the roof the same color Perfect. as the ball. Sounds like a good idea. Let's make the roof white. <laughs> and on top of it, let's put these stupid catwalks. <laughs> so if you hit the second one, the ball's still in play. Now we're playing arena baseball. But if you hit the third one, it's a home run. Like what? I remember Clint Frazier a couple years ago hit a bomb at Tropicana Field. Like as soon as it was hit, I was like, oh my God, that's a shot. But it was like a moonshot, and it hit the freaking catwalk, and they called him out. The second one. Not the well, third yeah, one. Yeah, whatever, whichever okay. one it was. <laughs> that's, 
Because yeah. it literally hit off the catwalk, and then Willie Adamas, I don't even know how the ball's still in play if it hits the catwalk, but apparently it is. Willie Adamas was under it and just caught it at shortstop. <laughs> or like, you know, short left field. That's, cr- I mean, really. Come on. No, that's I That's just brutal. That's, that's very. And the stadium, even if you take away that roof, the stadium's just disgusting. Oh, come on. Our friend Luke will not be happy with you uh, saying yeah. that. Waving his orange sticks <laughs> directing parking. Um, Don't disrespect like, those Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, everything's just gross. The only thing I like is that, that uh, the tank with the stingrays. Oh, you like that? That's cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, really passionate about Tropicana Field. I can't obviously. stand Tropicana Field. I mean, I really can't. So, let's go to somebody I can't stand. Trevor Bauer is upset. He's crying. He's literally crying. <laughs> the Dodgers have not been playing well at yeah. all. They're 18 and 17. In 60 games last year, they lost 17 games. Mm-hmm. They're 18 and 17 through the first 35. They almost blew a 13 nothing lead the other night. I know, I saw that. That would have been the first time ever. Insane. Somebody blew a 13 nothing lead. Imagine. They lost two to one on Sunday. Bauer pitched, gave up two runs, got the loss to the Angels, and he was very vocal after the game, saying, "I hate losing. I didn't come here to lose." Like, can he be more unlikable? No, I don't he think really so. can't. I don't think like, so. He's good for the game, right? He is. Like, you know, he celebrates. He you know, he's on social media. He tries to grow the game as much yeah. as possible. But, but he, then he acts like un- an idiot. He acts like an idiot, and he's unlikable. Yeah. And especially from that fans. But again, that's another story. So, do you think that you, are you would you be worried about the Dodgers? No, no not right? at all. Um, I think we can finally people can stop saying, "Oh, the Dodgers are going to win 125 games this year." That's insane. Uh, but no, I'm not worried about the Dodgers. Trevor Bauer is just, I mean, the guy's the worst. I actually kind of grew a liking towards him after the Astros cheating scandal because he was like one of the Very outspoken guys, about, right? Yeah. And I liked that or whatever. But though, just the way he acted last year and like, oh my God, that Cy Young, the, the, what it did to his ego. And then the I'm Mets not even Cy a Met fan. That pissed me off so much the way he acted with the Mets. Yeah. And the, the teasing of he put Met stuff on his website and like, oh my God. Like, get cl- a, get and a then grip. he claimed it was a mistake. Yeah. Like it shouldn't oh, happen. and then his stupid agents like, oh, thanks for the fun, Mets fans. We had a lot of good times talking with you guys. Like, sorry. Like, sorry you guys lost in the end. Like, oh, sorry, dear Lord, Trevor Bauer. We should like kiss your feet like we didn't sign with us. Like, please. It's okay. Consolation prize was Tywan Walker and he's hot. You know, he's been really good. Definitely a consolation. He's got a 2-3-8 ERA right now. Yeah, see Better how, than Bauer. Let's see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, he's we a, no, will. I actually wanted the Yankees to sign him. He's a solid pitcher. I like Taiwan Walker a lot. So, yeah. Rachel Luba can kiss my ass. Uh, the Red Sox here. The Red Sox are still hot. Best record in baseball, 22-13. and 13. I think they – did they lose tonight? Let me see. They played tonight. They're one of the only teams that played tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, they're 22-14. and 14. They lost to the Orioles 4-1 tonight. Did you, my boy John Means pitch? I got to see John Means tomorrow. He's John, pitching against the Mets. John Means is beast. I know he is. One three seventy RA, 50 strikeouts after that brilliant no-hitter performance at 
Seattle. Yeah. It was almost perfect game, but it, what was it? Uh, what was his it was, deal? Was it the drop oh, drop third, third strike. Yeah. yeah. That's Which rough. we've talked about as a rule. Um, oh, Cabron Hayes is on the IL-60. That's good. Um, they actually just put Britain on the IL-60. Well, well, that, no, that's retroactive, too. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. Because the, the Mets did the same thing with Carrasco, and now we can't come back until uh, May 31st. Hopefully it's retroactive. Because I feel like that would be a bigger story. But about the Red Sox, I said it, and I'm going to say it again. They're a great team. I don't think they're winning the division. You can't outmash for the rest. I know their pitching actually hasn't been that bad, but it's been good. I don't expect it to hold up like this. Um, you can't outmatch for 162 games. I think they they could definitely be a wild card team. That lineup is is really good. Rafael Devers, Devers is, really is having good. a really Bogarts good year. Bogarts is amazing. Martinez is amazing. Verdugo's good. Like they, that lineup is good. We don't talk about Bogarts enough as like one of the best shortstops in baseball. Yeah. He gets overlooked, and his um his contract isn't like crazy. No, it's not that. I mean, bad he signed that five year, one twenty with an opt out after three. Right. That's, he's a Boris comp uh, client. Yeah. So he'll he'll hit free agency. I think next year he'll opt out, obviously, and get a bag. He's had really good numbers since 2018. He broke out and he hasn't looked back since. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. We uh, when we we're talking about the big shortstops, you know, Story, Lindor, yeah. Baez, we don't we don't talk about him enough, right? Because he is right there. He is playing and, better than everybody right now. And we don't talk about Trey Turner enough. I know Trey, you're a big Trey Turner fan. Oh, yeah. No, Trey Turner. I was looking at his stats actually today. He is really, really good. And he's I such a good defender, too. Yeah, he's good at short. He's so he smooth is. with the glove and everything. He's young, though. We're not talking about him as, like, a, you know, getting a contract. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. Also. But because all these contracts are – all these guys are up for contracts next right. year. That's why we're talking about them. But, yeah, Turner is – I would not give – I know I hate him, but I would not give Cross Correa any money. Like, he's just his... not that good. He's really not that good. Well, I want to look at his numbers. I think he's his OPS is in the 700s right now. Like He's not doing great. And he hasn't yeah. for a couple of years. 715 OPS, 5 home runs, 16 RBs. He's only batting 246. Yeah, that's... I don't think he's going to get paid a lot. And He the... turned down $20 million a year. He turned down a contract, yeah, from the Astros. Maybe... If I was the Astros, I'd say no, never mind. Yeah, exactly. I'll go get... He's I'll, a I'll go super, super inconsistent hitter. I mean, you just look at his career numbers. He's had three years where his OPS is in the low... I'm counting this here. Three years where his OPS is in the low 700s. And then he's had two years where his OPS is in the 900s. Like, he's all over the place. I'd say he is one of the more disappointing players we've seen in a little while because... He was number one pick, right? He was number one pick. Yeah. And remember when he won the Rookie of the Year in 2015? That's when the Astros kind of like broke out. Yep. Went to the playoffs. They lost to the Royals. But Him and Springer were coming up on, around the same time. Right. We thought this is going to be the next dynasty. This is going to be an MVP. You know, this guy's going to win four MVPs. Yeah. Like Next A-Rod type yeah. stuff. Like he was really hyped, hyped up. up. And he just hasn't. I mean, he's only finished in the MVP voting in the top 25 twice. Yeah. So, very underwhelming career so far for him. So, the Mets will play two-game set with the Orioles. They'll see their boy, Matt Harvey, and they will go to Tampa over the weekend. Yankees on a 10-game road trip. Yankees on a 10-game road trip. What do you think their record is after this road trip? They're going to go to Tampa? Six and four. Go to Tampa, go to Baltimore, and then four in Texas. Take two out of three from... Uh, Tampa? Tampa. No, I... Uh, 
I want to say seven and three because I think that Rangers series have taken three out of four. It's really four hard there. to sweep a four game yeah. set, especially on the road. So they're three and one there. Then Baltimore, they're taking at least two out of three. So let's say they're five and two. So I think seven and three isn't crazy if they take two out of three out of the uh, from the Rays, but the way they struggle against the Rays, and who knows if they lose a random game thrown in there with the Orioles and the Rangers, I'm gonna say optimistic seven and three eight two, realistic oh. six and four. I think they go six and four. Okay. I think they lose two out of three to Tampa, they'll take the rest of the series. You're right, sweeping right. a four game series. I mean, it, like, would it surprise me if they split with Texas and swept the Orioles or lost? Yeah, swept the Rays, lost three yeah. out of four of the Rangers. Like, that's just the way baseball is. Yeah, so I think six and four, good here. Nice road trip, though, yeah. to go to that new ballpark. In fact, that's their first time in the new ballpark. It is? Oh, right, well, they last played them last year. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a beautiful ballpark. It is. I'd actually love to go there. Yeah, you want to go? Yep. We'll go for the A game. All right. Episode 7. No. What are you doing? What? What are you, oh, oh, my God. Oh, now Michael's just forgetting segments. Save it or hate it. I forgot. Yeah. It's getting a little late. That's why. Yeah. Save it or hate it. You want to go first? Or want me to go first? You go first. All right. Save it or hate it. Mine's a little baseball edition. The Mets have had a few of these in the past few days. How do you feel about bullpen days in baseball? Um, Save it. Save it. I, I actually... Sometimes I think I'm like, when are we going to see a team that just has, uh, like, I don't know, 14 relief pitchers wow. on their roster? Like, I know it's crazy to think, but, like, why not? Like, why I, why wouldn't a team do that? But uh, I'm going to save it. I like bullpen days. I think it, it provides you need to get some guys work or you need to stretch out the rotation, get some guys rest. I like it. It makes sense. Um and some teams use it all the time, like the the Rays do. I don't know how often the Rays do it still, but I know they they were the first ones to like bring it on and and a I lot of teams copied. A them. lot of teams copied them. Yeah, the Mets did it a couple of times in the last week, and I think if the games went differently, I'd feel differently. But they've gone well, and I actually think if you have the right team, if you're you know you've got enough relievers, you're deep enough there. I think you can really. It could be yeah. a weapon for you if you got a good bullpen. Yeah. All right. This one's kind of like out of left field. Oh, God. This doesn't just have to do with one sport. It's just in general. Okay. Mascots. Oh, I, I love mascots. Really? Yeah. Save, save it. Save it? I love mascots. It's just you're walking around City Field and you see Mr. Matt. You give him a hug. Yeah. You see that dumbass Philly fanatic in Philly. <laughs> And you want to flip it um, off, but well, know, speaking can't. of flipping off, Mr. Matt knows a Mr. thing Matt, or two about Mr. that. Mr. Matt flips off too. Yeah, it's fine, but he gets a pass. He's a nice guy. Philly well, he's fanatic. only got four fingers, so right. there's he no middle really. finger. Yeah. You see the Philly fanatic? What is he? Do you see what he drives around? What would you call like? Oh, like an ATV. ATV, right? Yeah. He's driving around the ATV. And my dad was saying to me, he's like. The players are on the field, and this dumbass is in a mask, yeah. like, driving around. Like, what if he hit one of the players yeah. on accident? Like, it's, it's a real possibility. Be entertainment. Entertainment, yeah, until Bryce Harper's knee is shot <laughs> after he hits him. Knock on wood. I'll knock on wood there. But, yeah, so I, I love you mascots. You love mascots? Yeah. Well, I, what? I the mean, Yankees don't have a mascot. None of my teams have a mascot. I Jets know. don't have a mascot. Yankees don't have a mascot. I mean... I guess save it. Like I, it's um, it's. I'm not gonna you know lose sleep over it. I just thought this was a funny one, and I don't know. I think it's a little. I think it's funny, like with the Mister Met shit, how like he like flipped the guy off. Yeah, he's good. But uh, yeah, that that's 
That's my thoughts on the mascot. I could go either or with it. I love it. I'm a big mascot guy. Yeah. I mean, my my favorite team's had one this whole time, you know, since yeah. I've been back. So, I just meant the boy. The boy. I remember. Is Mrs. Met still around? Sure. Everybody's they around. No, they're, they all, they're all good. Oh, no. Still, She's Noah's, not fooling around with Philly Fanatic now? Noah Syndergaard was trying to steal him. Oh, steal. really? Yeah. They, yeah. Mr. Met and Noah Syndergaard had a little beef. Really? Yeah. He's trying to steal his girl. He did, but mm. yeah. Noah, Syndergaard, Noah Syndergaard, if you if you're not a fan of the Mets, Noah Syndergaard pisses you off, right? Because he's funny on Twitter. I mean, he is really funny no. Noah Syndergaard does piss me off, so you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Yeah, like an idiot. He he's is like an a idiot. slightly better Trevor Bauer, but like not as he's not like a crybaby like him. That whole thing he did with the Mets when they had to go to Syracuse. And then take the bus down last year, and you know he. Had oh, sorry. Right, so they, they didn't went... give him enough time to get his stuff together. No, I remember like, that. Oh so he was God. in Florida. They were in Florida. They had to go to Syracuse, and then they had to go to Washington to open the season up. That was 2019. I remember that. Listen, obviously that's annoying. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. But just shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're a professional athlete getting paid a lot of money to pitch. Like, please be quiet. Exactly. Yeah, so we're actually on the same page there. Yeah, we are. So now that'll do it for the seventh episode of the Hardline Sports Talk. Thank you for listening. Uh, anything you got to say? Hopefully next week we have a little more news. This week was a little boring. Not a lot of news coming out no, of the sports world. We're good. We make it. We make, we it, make work. it work. We make, we it, make work. it work. Uh, the NFL schedule will come out on Wednesday, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. Hopefully, seventeen we got, and all Jets. Hopefully, we got Giants Eagles Week One. That's all I'm going to say there. So we will talk to you guys next week.